0: Corrected me and said, I don't preach, but I'll be glad to speak. Whatever you want to call it tonight, we all know that when she speaks, God speaks, and she ends up preaching. Come leave what God has on your heart tonight. I could go home right now satisfied in the presence of God. What a mighty move! of the Holy Ghost, so thankful to be a part of this church, Christian Life Church, a church that is on the move, a church that is forward-thinking, not only that, but to be a part of the church of the living God. I think sometimes we forget that the church is a whole lot bigger than those that sit within the four walls of this congregation But to know that we are part of something that is so much greater, and the fact that the Lord would just honor us with His presence is something to rejoice about. And tonight, I certainly rejoice in His presence. I am so thankful that my dad was able to be uh, in church tonight. Four weeks is a long time for Dan Lytle to be down, (laughs) Um, but so thankful for what the Lord has done in his uh, body. Also very glad to have Caleb Phillips and Caitlin Tony with us. Uh, students at IBC, but they're at CLC tonight. How many of you were at the NAYC where the chant was going out, We Are Giants? Anybody remember that? I see a few hands. Huh? vaguely vaguely remember it well that was brother Tony so this is uh, brother Tony's daughter Caitlin she is a student at IBC and we are just very happy that she and Caleb are with us tonight God bless you both I'm going to turn your attention to the book of Deuteronomy the 20th chapter beginning at verse 1 and then we're going to go to 2 Corinthians the 10th chapter Deuteronomy 20 beginning at verse 1 When thou goest out to battle against thine enemies and seest horses and chariots and a people more than thou, be not afraid of them. For the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And it shall be when ye are come nigh unto the battle. That the priest approach and speak unto the people and shall say unto them, Hear, O Israel, ye approach this day unto battle against your enemies. Let not your hearts faint, fear not, and do not tremble, neither be ye terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with thee to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Second Corinthians, the 10th chapter. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And tonight I'm going to bring to you this message, a season of war. A season of war. Why don't we ask the Lord right now to move to anoint, to open our hearts and our ears to receive from him. God, we give you praise right now, Lord. We thank you for your presence that is already in this place. God, I pray, Lord, that your anointing would flow, that you would use me for your glory. I pray for everyone that sits in this congregation, Lord. Open our hearts and our minds to receive from you, and we'll give you praise in advance for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You may be seated. I believe that the church is entering a season like none other than we have ever faced before. We are truly in the last days. Can I get a witness in this place? Jesus is coming back for his bride. I believe that we have seen our easiest times. If the Lord tarry, we will see a day that pastors' messages will be censored. This past summer, I I spoke at a ladies' conference in Northwest uh, Territories of Canada, and before the service um, had started, I was uh, taken to a room, and we, I was thinking that we were getting ready to pray. And uh, the pastor came in, and he put a piece of paper in front of me. He said, I need you to sign this. He said, this is a consent for your message today to be um, put broadcast uh, across the Internet. He said, but I need to explain to you that, um, that there is no tolerance for hate speech. If you speak against certain things or certain religions and they find out or they hear and they report you, it can be punishable by law. I have to tell you that it set me back a little bit and I signed the paper and then I went back through my notes to make sure that there was nothing in there that was going to land me in jail in Canada but there is a day that is coming when uh, biblical teaching against sin is going to be termed hate speech. I'm not talking about man's opinion of lifestyles. I'm talking about what thus saith the word of God. The scripture warned us that this day would come For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. I believe that we are already living in that time when the world does not want to tolerate sound doctrine. They don't want to hear preaching a lot of times that says that what is going on in their life is not right or is contrary to the word of God. I believe that we have shifted from a time of living on borrowed time to being out of time. The coming of the Lord is nearer than it's ever been. That is not just rhetoric. That is not just a phrase that is used within the church. But it is a biblical truth. Jesus is coming back for his bride. And we are closer to the coming of the Lord than we have ever been. There are signs in heaven and signs on earth indicating that Jesus is coming. There are earthquakes at magnitudes that we've never seen before. There are floods. There are uncontrollable wildfires. There are hurricanes with wind forces never seen before. There are planet alignments in the heaven that have not transpired since Bible times. There are wars and there are rumors of wars this week president trump addressed the united nations saying that north korea is leaving the u.s no choice but to destroy it and in rebuttal north korea's prime minister vowed friday to the un that trump has made an irreversible mistake And that it is making sure that their rockets will visit the entire U.S. mainland. This is a time of peril. It is a time that it shows that the Lord is coming. But it is also going to be a time of great victory. It is going to be a time of reaping. There is going to be a harvest. And I believe that there is a revival in these last days that is destined for the church. The church has gone through seasons. It's gone through seasons of sowing. It has gone through seasons of reaping. It has gone through seasons of dry times and seasons of refreshing. It has gone through seasons of oppression and seasons of revival. The church has gone through seasons when it seems like the enemy has overcome the church. And then there has been seasons when the church has overcame the enemy there's been seasons of defeat that have been followed by seasons of great victory and then there are seasons of war and we have entered into a season of war i'm not talking about Physical wars that are fought with hand-to-hand combat, guns, bombs, and heavy artillery will not win this war. This war will only be won through fervent, persistent prayer that storms hell's gates. The now I lay me down to sleep type prayers and God is good and God is great are not going to cut it in this war. Twenty-one days of prayer out of three hundred and sixty-five days in the year isn't working. Thirty minutes before Sunday night service isn't going to accomplish. St- 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 I can't even talk strategic prayers that are crucial to victory in this war. I'm talking about prayers that go on the offense. This type of prayer, trust the hedge of protection that has been built around us. The prayers of bless me, protect me, keep me should have been established a long time ago. I'm talking about the type of prayer that causes us to lay down every defense mechanism, every selfish and self-centered prayer that will be laid aside. This type of prayer storms hell, not with threats, not with negotiations, but with demands. This type of prayer says, give me my stuff back. I shall recover all. It says, give me my kids back. You can't have them any longer. This type of prayer says, take your hands off of this church. No scheme of hell will work against the church. This type of prayer rises up from the depth of your being like with righteous indignation that says, I've had it with the enemy. You've messed with me long enough. You had no idea who you were dealing with. If you only knew what I was going to be after this storm, you wouldn't have even messed with me. Where are the prayer warriors? Where are the young men and women of God who know how to fight? Where are the elders who are seasoned in battle? Where is the mom who is sick of the enemy messing with your kids? Where is the dad who watches from a wall of prayer to defend his family from impending attacks? It's time that the church straps on their boots and engages in the battle. There are things worth fighting for. There is a battle raging whether you want to acknowledge it or you don't. Whether you think that you have it in you or you don't. And some things are just worth fighting for. I'm talking about the battle that rages, whose source is not of this world. It is the war in the supernatural that manifests in the natural. Some don't believe in it, but it is real. The battle that attacks from every side is the battle that I'm talking about. The battle that wants to trap you in discouragement. The battle that overwhelms your mind. The fight that causes your heart to faint. Sometimes this battle even paralyzes you with fear. The battle that attacks certain of the church. Those who are making a difference. This battle destroys families. It tear apart marriages. It destroys relationships between children and their parents. It causes the church to divide in disunity. It pits brother against brother and sister against sister. I'm talking about a type of war that positions spiritual wickedness in high places It's principalities that take into captivity cities and regions, powers that be that tie up church finances in an attempt to stop the furthering of the work of God. It is a war that is raging, whose source is from the pit of hell. Either we will square our shoulders, point our toes, and engage in the battle, or we will become casualties of the war. Casual Christians will become casualties of war. Casual Christians, those who use the church for their own personal convenience, their walk with God sometimes becomes flippant and relaxed. They are comfortable with the way that things are and don't want to be disturbed by change. Casual Christians are indifferent to whether or not the church grows or it stays the same. But let me reiterate what my husband said this morning that if we sit here, we will die. If we take it casual, if we don't take this battle serious, we will die. But if we will engage in the war, victory is certain through Jesus Christ. Give the Lord a shout of praise hallelujah in the name of Jesus the church must awake from indifference Romans 13 and 11 says and that knowing the time that now is it is high time to awake out of sleep for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed playing church is over we cannot play church anymore Passive Christians must be replaced with aggressive warriors. Yes, those who win souls are wise, but we have to aggressively go after souls because it is our commission to do so. I'd rather paper. (laughs) The enemy has definitely snuck in and sown the most dangerous weapon against the church. This weapon threatens to keep many from heeding the call to battle. This weapon is a spirit of apathy. Many have lost their drive to pursue what the enemy has stolen. The love of many has grown cold and indifferent. A love for the things of God, your first love, has been replaced with a love for the world, and God will hold it against us. Concern for the loss has been replaced with acceptance of personal choice. A numbing a lack of concern for the signs of the time has settled in on the church. Some have detached from the mission of the church, willing to allow others to carry the load. Mere church attendance is not a fire insurance policy. The urgency once felt has been replaced with an I've heard it all before and it hasn't happened yet spirit. Spiritual drowsiness and insensitivity to the leading of the Holy Ghost is lawing some in the church to sleep. Apathy is a stench to the nostrils of God he said I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot I could wish you were cold or hot so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot I will spew you out of my mouth saith the Lord but God is rising up an army who are ready and willing to engage in the battle Not tomorrow, not next month, not January through February, but now. There is a battle to be fought now, and the church needs to answer the call. There is a call to war that is being sounded in the church. It isn't a call that is being made by man. It is a call that is being sounded by God himself. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, that I will cause a trumpet blast of war to be heard. When the shofar was blown in Bible times, the priest blew it to instruct the children of Israel that a shift was about to take place. It signified a call to praise. It signaled that it was time to pack up camp and to move because God was moving them. It was a call that gathered the people together for instruction. It was a call that declared victory. It was a call that warned of danger. There was a call that proclaimed a new king. There was a call that assembled troops for battle. And then there was a call that signaled a time of war. I've come to you tonight and it seems awful odd as the spirit of the Lord already moved into this place and most everybody responded to that. But it's more than what happens in the walls of this church. There's a city out there that is dying and lost without God. And if we are just totally focused on the inside and we're not heeding the call and the signs of the time, then there is a world that will be lost if the church does not respond. I am challenging you tonight to heed the signal. We've given up territory that needs to be regained. We have forfeited victories that were certain because the Lord would fight for us. There are souls that are hanging in the balance. I challenge you to take up your position. That position is going to be on your knees. For too long, it seems like that the prayer room goes through seasons of it's quiet and then it's powerful and then it's quiet and then it's powerful. There has to be a steady call that comes from the church through prayer that says, God, I'm going to fight this battle until you hear and you answer us. This is the time that we should pick up our sword which is the word of God. There is nothing more powerful than to use the word of God against the enemy. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon formed against the church shall prosper. Anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, he will bring it down. Every high thing must come down. We you use the word of God against the enemy it is a powerful tool that will cause you to be victorious in the battle I can't tell you the number of times that my weapon has been the blood of Jesus. When I knew that the enemy was coming against my family, when I knew that the enemy was coming against my children, I've waited until my house empties out because I know that sometimes my kids would look at me like I was crazy. But I pull out my anointing oil and I've gone through my house and I've anointed every door and I've anointed every window and I've prayed over prayer claws and I've stuck them under mattresses pleading the blood of Jesus over my family because it is the blood of Jesus that keeps us it's the blood of Jesus that saves us it is a powerful weapon hallelujah 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 then there comes a time when we have to stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost that is in us. When our heart is overwhelmed, lean me to the rock that is higher than I. When I don't have the strength in me, greater is he that is in me than he that it is in the world. We don't have to be afraid when we go into battle. We don't have to fear that we will be overcame by the enemy. But the Lord goes in front of us. The Lord fights us. All we have to do is turn it over to him and let him fight our battles for us. I can't tell you the number of times that I have been in a situation that, that has even shocked me, that I didn't even see coming, and something would rise up inside of me, and I knew that it was the Holy Ghost. I knew that it was God that was strengthening me. It is the greatest, 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 greatest weapon that we have to fight the battle. The enemy has oppressed the church long enough. He has ravaged our homes for the last time. The fact of the matter is, is that the enemy does not have authority over you. You have authority over the enemy. You can be victorious. In the Bible it says, and if you will uh, go to war in your land against the enemy that oppresses you, then ye shall blow an alarm with the trumpets, and ye shall be remembered before the Lord your God, and ye shall be saved from your enemies because the Lord will fight your battles. I'm, I don't know exactly what battles that everybody is facing tonight, but I am telling you that there is a battle. There is a battle for your soul. There is a battle for your family. There is a battle for your home. There is a battle for your neighbors. There is a battle to be fought. We cannot continue to ignore the battle, but we have to engage in the battle. We have to trust that the Lord will keep us and that the Lord is going to fight for us and that the lord is going before us hallelujah 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 Hallelujah! the f- awesome thing is to know that god has the final say all he has to do is speak the word when we call on his name, when we use his word, when we allow the Holy Ghost to rise up in us and to give us the strength, and we're doing everything that we know to do, when we face those battles that seem like that we are just right on the edge, we're not even sure that we're going to make it, all the Lord has to do is speak the word. He can step on the scene and he can say, peace, be still. He can step on the scene and say, rise and walk. He can step on the scene and say, life, come back into a body. He can step on the scene and say, my church has struggled long enough. I'm going to open up the windows of heaven and I'm going to shower out blessings. The Lord will fight our battles with us. But it's not going to happen by by osmosis. It's not just all of a sudden we're going to wake up and one day the Lord's going to say okay, now I'm going to fight the battle for you. But we have to be engaged in it. We've got to be willing to fight. We've got to be willing to do what we are able to do. When we go in prayer, when we fast, when we seek the face of God, that is us doing what we can to fight the battle. But when we hit that block, when we've gone as far as what we can go, God will step on the scene and he will fight the battle and the church will be victorious. I have not waxed waxed eloquent tonight. And I wish that I could take what is in my spirit and be able to get it out and to be able to portray it to you. But the Lord has been dealing with me because I myself have been in a place when I knew that there was a battle to fight, when I knew that the Lord was calling me to engage. But I allowed things to get in the way. I allowed my schedule to get in the way. I've allowed responsibilities to get in the way. I've made excuses, and I'll be honest enough to say it. I don't know if anybody else will be honest enough with me to say that we've used excuse after excuse, but the Lord has been dealing with me that we are almost out of time. We are have to engage in the battle we have to fight the church has to do everything that it can it's not about having a place for me and for my family and a place to come to where I have friendships and I feel safe but what we're here for is to win the lost we're here to take the gospel out to take the gospel to a lost and dying world not only that, but our families. I know many of, it, of you in here don't are able to say that your children are saved right now. I understand that it's the blessings of God that I can say that my children walk in truth, but not everyone right now is able to say that. But I am telling you tonight that it is not too late. It doesn't matter if they're 10, they're 20, they're 30, they're in their 50s. If they've been away from God for a long time, it is not too late. Don't give up the fight. You may feel like that you don't have what it takes to fight the battle. You may feel like that you aren't worthy enough to fight the battle. But let me tell you that God is allowing you the opportunity to fight the battle. It is a privilege to be in the army of God. We should never take for granted that we have been allowed such an incredible privilege to be in the army of God. Not only to allow us to be a part of it, but to also know that God goes with us and that he fights for us and that we will, if we are faithful we will make it to the end and one day we will hear him say well done thou good and thou faithful servant but between now and then I'm going to give it everything I've got I'm going to fight with everything I have I'm going to engage in the battle if there's anybody in this place that's willing to engage with me why don't you make your way to the front why don't you let the Lord know God I praise you for what you've done for me. But Lord, I'm not satisfied with it just being with me. But I'm going to engage in what you have. Hallelujah. There's an army that's rising up. There's an army rising up. Oh, to break every chain. Break every chain. Oh, break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Same.